This is the AOS Career Podcast, part of the Bonebeat Orthopedic Podcast channel. This series features conversations on professional development and growth opportunities within the field of musculoskeletal healthcare. I'm your host, Daniel Cognetti. Welcome back to another episode of the AOS Career Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Cognetti. We're excited to be joined today by Dr. Gregory Della Roca, one of the Board of Counselors Representatives for the state of Missouri, a trauma surgeon and professor of orthopedic surgery and vice chair of equity, diversity, and inclusion at the University of Missouri. Welcome, Dr. Della Roca. Thanks, Dr. Cognetti. It's good to be here. Today's episode will focus on the utilization of the term provider as a blanket generalization for a diverse group of healthcare workers, from physicians to PAs to NPs and other allied professionals. Dr. Della Roca, it's great to have you on today. Can we first start by you giving us an overview of this term provider and its dissemination over the past five or 10 years? Sure. Over the last couple of decades, we've seen an increase in the use of the term provider to describe various types of healthcare professionals with physicians and surgeons being lumped into that group. And it's become a very high frequency term primarily coming out of the C-suite in various types of private hospitals or other corporate entities. It's a concise way of referring to all of the different healthcare professionals that we have working in our system. The problem is that when it's communicated as such to patients and others who are outside of the healthcare field, the concern becomes that those individuals will not be able to interpret what type of professional they're being referred to, for example. And what it does is just simply muddies the waters and prevents physicians and surgeons from being recognized as such. And in reality, it for all healthcare professionals, it really decreases the ability for patients and others outside of the field to discriminate between the different types of professionals that exist in our field. So the utilization of this term, its implications, which you mentioned some of them, they have enough merit to get brought up to the floor at the National Orthopedic Leadership Conference in 2022 and where you and others recommended to the AOS that they take a stance in opposition of this term, that advisory opinion was supported and obviously approved by the board of directors. And it's an important step in bringing this topic to light and trying to decrease the usage of this term. For you, can you give us a little bit of your personal experience with the term, say at your institution, do you hear this term being utilized a lot? And how do you think it's affected, say the University of Missouri or other institutions like it? Happily, I can say that the University of Missouri, which is my institution, has substantially decreased and nearly eliminated use of that term, secondary to a bunch of communications that I've had with the administration. Luckily, most of the administrators and also the physicians who also run our hospital have been very receptive to this feedback. Probably the place where it first came to light for me, it was something that I had noticed over the last number of years, but it was actually at the 2020 Orthopedic Leadership Conference, where there was a symposium that was primarily dedicated to examining physician burnout. And as we know, especially now that we're post-pandemic, this problem hasn't gone away. I think the pandemic probably has brought this to the forefront because of how many problems that we encountered during the pandemic. So I don't think burnout's a new thing, but there are lots of things that potentially contribute to burnout. And one of those that was brought up at the Orthopedic Leadership Conference was the possibility that sort of lumping all physicians into a group of individuals in healthcare termed providers sort of diminishes the professionalism of our group. And it creates a situation where we feel like our job and our profession is being commoditized. 
And the problem, of course, with that is that if we already have a lot of other stressors, which many of us do, and that includes outside of the field of medicine, this is not an easy time for pretty much anybody. But the idea is that if we can reduce the number of stressors, we can theoretically reduce the amount of burnout. And this was specifically pointed out in the Orthopedic Leadership Conference that use of the term provider as a blanket statement across the country has probably contributed to decreasing physician well-being. And that's something that, of course, our patients for sure, but we also as the individuals who are experiencing problems with feeling of well-being, these are things that are important. Of course. I think this also speaks to one of the things that the AOS is advocating for, which is scope creep and usage of the term provider. Can you clarify exactly how the term provider and scope creep may be related in any way? Yeah, so that's a good question. Probably the biggest concern is simply the way the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services at the federal level define what the scope of practice might be for various healthcare professionals. And they do so by providing payment for various services as a blanket rule, which may include services that wouldn't normally be provided by certain healthcare professional groups. But also they have implications on the ability of different healthcare professionals to be licensed to do certain things that previously they might not have been licensed to do. And so that's where the concern about scope creep comes in. It's not necessarily that the various healthcare professionals are looking to expand the types of services that they provide, but rather it may contribute to some confusion on the part of licensing bodies and third-party payers with regard to who can provide which kind of healthcare services. What I think is really important is that Dr. Wayne Johnson, who's our current advocacy lead for the academy and for the political action committee, is highly involved with working with the Office of Government Relations for the academy and with our healthcare legislation writers, basically members of Congress, trying to clarify this for those who are drafting legislation so that we can prevent the risk that this scope of practice creep might be occurring. Patients need to know who is taking care of them and what their qualifications are. So can you speak a little bit from that patient perspective, why you think getting rid of this term, whether physician to physician or physician to allied health professional, why it's important in that way? Yes, yeah, sure. When I first started in practice and also many other places where I've been and I visited a clinic or a hospital, there are always signs up that say you may be seen by a physician assistant or by a nurse practitioner, but you are entitled to see the supervising physician. There are signs of that nature in many places. So it's pretty well recognized, I think, by patients and by people who run these various healthcare entities, what the differing stratification of healthcare professionals might be. Now, I don't believe that physician assistants or nurse practitioners are underqualified. In fact, many of them are exceptionally talented healthcare professionals in their own right. And I work with nurse practitioners on a routine basis on whom I really rely to be able to provide good care to my patients there. I use the word provide, but this is not an intent to diminish their qualifications or their skill. And I'm really not sure that use of the term provider is really associated with creep of scope of practice. I am reasonably certain that there are healthcare professionals who are interested in moving the needle with regard to things that they might normally take care of. They would like to add things to their clinical repertoire. But I think that's a separate discussion. I think the most important thing is 
number one, that our patients are clear as to who they're seeing, whether it's a physician, PA, or a nurse practitioner, or for that matter, any other healthcare professional. We can include physical, occupational, and speech therapists in that group. In reality, we can include lots of different types of nurses with their varying job descriptions. All of them have unique qualifications, and I think it's important for patients to recognize that. And then on the same token, I think it's really important that we not feel that we're just being lumped into a group that's easily expendable, where one physician is easily replaced by another physician, or even physicians just replaced by PAs or nurse practitioners, or vice versa. I think that's the main crux of it. You mentioned something before as well, and had brought it up again just now, the commoditization of our practice and how provider is in opposition to that. So I'm just wondering, how do you think that all plays in? So I'm not sure that simply getting rid of the term provider is going to reduce the commoditization of medicine. I think the big concern among many physicians, many surgeons who are friends of mine, we have conversations about this all the time, are the gradually decreasing ability for physicians and surgeons to be able to direct how their practices function there are lots and lots of stakeholders in healthcare, and it's obviously a high money business. And part of the problem that we've run into is that there are lots of other entities that are interested in shaping how it is that we practice our profession. And as professionals, part of the definition of that is that we determine for ourselves how the practice of medicine would occur. And when we have a lot of external factors that are providing stressors on our ability to practice the way we would like, whether it's the onerous burden of electronic medical records or problems with physician reimbursement or restrictions on physician ownership of various healthcare entities, and we can go on and on. All of this sort of erodes our ability to be professionals in the real state of the term. I think the idea of eliminating the use of the term provider isn't necessarily going to suddenly eliminate commoditization of medicine. I think the most important thing that we probably need to do, and I believe many surgeons would agree, is that advocacy at the grassroots level is still and should stay an important aspect of what we do to try to prevent the continued commoditization of medicine. I don't know where it's going, but many of us have concerns about that. Yeah, of course. When we talk about advocacy, I want to hear about your personal experience at Missouri. You mentioned the use of the term provider has been eliminated for the most part. How did that occur or what were the steps in the process to make that happen? That's a great question. And in reality, I took the same steps that I did with the board of counselors and the academy with regard to opening people's eyes to use of the term. Brief history of this is that the actual term provider is written into Medicare code for the federal government since it's been a long time. I think it's the 70s where it first started to appear. And then in the 1990s, we saw the eruption of preferred provider networks or preferred provider organizations, PPOs. But there was really very little with that term being thrown around until the 20 teens when suddenly we started hearing it time and time again. So that's a little bit of the history behind where that came from. Unfortunately, there's a little bit of a sordid history. And we talk about the meaning of words and why one word to one individual might not mean the same to another. We see this plenty, especially if we go to other foreign countries that also speak English as a first language. Many of our words mean something slightly different for them. And so if we go back, the first 
episodes of which we are aware of use of the term provider to refer to physicians was actually implemented under Hitler's regime in the 1930s in Germany, where Jewish physicians had the term physician removed from their title and were referred to as providers. So this was a targeted discriminatory word against Jewish physicians. So there's the sordid history behind it. Now, I'm not going for a minute to imply that use of the term provider is intended as a pejorative slang type of term, similar to the way the Nazi regime did use it. But that being said, words do matter. And so the Academy is not unique in recommending against use of the term. In fact, the American Academy of Family Physicians, the Academy of Emergency Physicians, both have position statements on elimination of the term. Jennifer Weiss, who is a pediatric orthopedic surgeon at Kaiser Permanente in California, has pointed out that the entire Southern California Kaiser Permanente system has decided to stop using it for these reasons. The American Medical Association actually has an area written into their, I don't know if it's their bylaws, but they specifically recommend against use of the term, although they don't actually have a position statement against it. And I guess that doesn't really matter. So when I brought all this to my hospital administrators, everybody was surprisingly very receptive to that and eliminated it from various parts of the web pages. If I point out to them that I noticed that it's somewhere on our web pages, they're pretty quick at taking them down. So that's really where that came from. But it wasn't just a lone wolf screaming that this is a problem. This is something that's been adopted by multiple societies across the country and seem to have a sufficient amount of support among our board of counselors and board of specialty societies, in addition to the board of directors of the academy, to adopt the advisory opinion. One other thing that I noticed, at least in terms of orthopedic surgery and young surgeons and even residents, there are young residents using this term provider to refer to other specialties almost in a denigrating way. So have you heard of any efforts, at least from the residency level or for young surgeons to educate them on this term provider and to make sure that they're referring to their other physician colleagues with that same respect? Yeah, I don't know of any targeted educational programs. I think that the Academy's willingness to adopt the advisory opinion is a step in the right direction. So once it's adopted by the Academy, then I believe that surgeons in training, as well as attending surgeons, will probably recognize that they shouldn't be using that term. I think that probably use of the term provider in a denigrating or condescending fashion will hopefully disappear as the academy takes a stance against use of the term. I think the next step is actually going to be where our major publications, our major journals also take a stand on it. I believe the Western Orthopedic Association Journal has already decided not to allow publication of manuscripts that include that term. I think we have a lot to do, and I have had and will have some more conversations with some of the journal editors for some of our major journals like CORE and JBJS and things like that. Gradually, it will hopefully help reduce the frequency of the term's usage. Yeah, I hope this advocacy obviously keeps to disseminate, and thank you for all the work that you do. Dr. De La Roca, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on today. Thank you for joining us and explaining the lexicon of provider, explaining the implications, not only to patients, but to us as physicians, other allied health professionals, and to the business folks or the financial folks that are potentially trying to commoditize medicine. Absolutely pleasure to have you on today. For anyone that wishes to learn more about this topic, there'll be an AOS Now article in the June edition, and the link will be in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the AOS Career Podcast, part of the Bone Beat Orthopedic Podcast channel, with production and sound design by Mission Based Media. For more information on this topic and other conversations on professional development, please visit aos.org backslash the Bone Beat career. <laughs>